Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Hey, during the past month, my staff and I have been buried in work launching a brand new featured course series. It will begin with Genesis today, Monday, and it will continue all the way through the book of Revelation. Yes, gang, one more time, we're going to run through the entire Bible. So if you're a subscriber to LogosBibleStudy.com, all these courses are free. Beginning today, Genesis will be the featured course. You'll listen or watch 20 videos on Genesis, two per week, and then each Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, we'll have a discussion session on the book of Genesis, the lessons that you watched or listened to. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll have my regular office hours from 11 a.m. to noon, and we can talk personally and privately about any topic you would like to address. So it's going to be a great adventure. I've taught through the Bible many times, going all the way back to 1989. All of that teaching from 2006 to 2012 has been recorded at Seal Beach, California at the church where I taught on Tuesday morning. And all that content is on audible.com. You can listen to it anytime you would like simply by being a member of Audible or just buying lesson by lesson or course by course as you go. But I recorded again all the way through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, including the Deuterocanonical books or the Apocrypha between 2013 and 2020. All of that material is now videos on the website, logosbiblestudy.com. And we're launching a big major study today, beginning with Genesis, and we'll push on all the way through Revelation, including those deuterocanonical books. So I hope I have you with me. You can become a subscriber to logosbiblestudy.com. It's $19.95 a month, which is almost nothing. And you have unlimited access to 22 university-level courses, 450 videos, a ton of written support material, bibliographies, syllabi, and so on. And the Saturday morning feature course discussion groups from 10 a.m. to noon, and my office hours Tuesday and Thursday from 11 to noon. So I hope to see you there. Uh, we'll be doing another great journey together. And well, I think that may be the last time through. So please join me and we will have quite the good time together. Meanwhile, we've been studying the patriarchs in the book of Genesis on our Scripture Uncovered series, and we covered Abraham and Isaac. When we left off, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, but an angel held his hand, stopped him, and they returned home. Isaac's mother, Sarah, died shortly afterward, and Isaac left home, living by himself, Odd, isn't it? We never hear him speak to Abraham ever again. But Isaac needed a wife. 
And Abraham sent his servant Eleazar of Damascus to get a wife for him from Abraham's own people up in Haran. And sure enough, he brings Rebekah back. Well, Rebekah seems to have suffered the plague of the Abrahamic family. If we turn over to Genesis chapter 25, at verse 19, we read, This is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Now, Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban the Aramean. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. Huh, he was a failure to launch. But finally, he does launch, and he marries Rebekah. Now, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. Now, there is a common theme in Scripture. Remember, Sarah was barren, and now Rebekah is barren. It will be an ongoing subset of problems all the way through the Bible. So Isaac prayed, and by golly, Rebekah became pregnant. But the babies jostled each other within her. And she said, Oi, vey, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. A reversal of what normally happens. The younger serves the older. Well, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. He had red, red hair all over his body. He looked like a little orangutan. His whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Harry. No, they didn't. They named him Esau, which means red. Now, after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So his brother, Jacob, and Jacob means the deceiver, was clutching Esau's heel, trying to pull him back in the womb and get out before him. There's trouble from within the womb that will never end. Well, the boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. He was a man's man. You know, his father taught him, taught him to shoot. They would go out hunting together. But Jacob was a quiet man, staying among the tents. Jacob hung out with the women, while his brother Esau, was a hunter, a man of the field. I'll bet Esau was the star quarterback on the high school football team. He was the popular one. All the girls liked him. But Jacob, well, he was a, a quiet man, staying in the tents with the women. He liked to cook, which is a good thing. I like to cook too, but you watch what happens. Now, Isaac had a taste for wild game. He loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. I can't tell you how many problems this will spawn. Think of your own life. Do you have one child in the family who's clearly loved more than another? 
And if you do, does that not cause problems? I hope you don't have that problem. But boy, Jacob and Esau, their father loved Esau, the man's man, the hunter. And he brought home really good game. Antelope. Oh, antelope's quite good. But Jacob, well, his mother loved him best. He was, dare I say, a sissy. Well, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, there's Jacob in the tent at work at the stove, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Hey, bro, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm, I'm famished. That's why he was also called Edom, which means red. Edom, the Edomites. In modern-day Jordan of today, we visit Jordan and we visit Petra with all the red rocks, red rock country. Jacob replied, in a conniving way, well, I'd love to give you some, but first sell me your birthright. Esau said, look, come on, I'm about to die here. What good's a birthright to me? I need, I need a bowl of stew. Jacob said, swear to me first. And he said, all right, you can have, you can have the birthright. Give me, the, give me something to eat here. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. He ate and drank, and he got up and left. So he drank a quart of beer and shoveled in that lentil stew and got up and stomped out of the tent and went back to the field. So Esau despised his birthright. He didn't take it seriously. What, you'll sell it for a bowl of lentil stew? He didn't value it. He was, after all, hungry. He just came from the field. Don't, don't give me this philosophical discussion. Give me some soup. But there you have it. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Now the Lord appeared to Isaac and he said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and will bless you. Remember, when Abraham and Sarah were in that land and there was a famine, they headed for Egypt because there's always food in Egypt. Egypt is the breadbasket of the ancient world. But God said, don't go down to Egypt. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through you and your offspring, all nations on earth, will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. So Isaac gave a hearty aye aye, sir, a snappy salute, and he stayed in Gerar. Now when the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, oh, she's my sister. Well, here we go again. When Abraham and Sarah went down to Egypt, 
Abraham pawns Sarah off as his sister. And now, even though Isaac's not going to Egypt, he learned something from dad. It worked for him. She's my sister. He was afraid to say she's my wife. He thought the men of this place will kill me on account of Rebecca because she's beautiful. Now, when Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. He, he, he caught them necking, if you will. And so Abimelech summoned Isaac. He said, she's really your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? And Isaac answered him, well, my, it worked for my dad. <laughs> because I, 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 I might lose my life on account of her. But Abimelech said, what, what have you done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife. You'd have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who molests this man or his wife will be put to death. So Isaac planted crops in that land. And the same year he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Now we need to think here for a moment. Any village, town, or city must have a fresh water source. So when Abraham dug a well at Beersheba, that enabled the village of Beersheba to grow, and ultimately the city, which is a rather large city even today. But Isaac had many flocks and herds and servants. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with dirt. So the Philistines are going to stop this family from spreading from one place to another, planting villages here, there, and everywhere. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, yeah, move away from us. You've, you've become far too powerful. You're, there are too many of you people. So Isaac moved away from there and he encamped in the Valley of Gerar and he settled there. And Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. So Isaac undoes all the stopped up wells and gets them functioning again. And indeed, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, that water is ours. So he named the well Isaac, because he disputed with him. And then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one too. He moved on from there, dug another well, and he quarreled, and they quarreled over it. So Isaac is digging well, reopening wells and digging wells all over the place. Well, think of that as urban planning. You know, if you're going to have a country, you have to live in it, and to live in it, you have to have fresh water sources. So Isaac is not negotiating anything. Isaac is not stealing anything. He's simply digging wells and 
creating the, the, the very foundation, the very root of a village or a town. It's urban planning on his part. And by golly, he gets away with it. So now we turn over to chapter 27 and Jacob is going to get Isaac's blessing. But as we learned, Jacob's name means the deceiver. So what is this fellow going to do to get the blessing of his father? Well, that will be the subject for Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Okay, bye gang. Hey, thank you for being here and be sure you tune in uh, to the featured chorus of Genesis. It's going to be a great time. We had a, uh, a mini course as the feature course, a four-week lesson on Job. And oh gosh, Job is such a good book. Many of you, I hope, uh, were in that group uh, that took the feature course on Job. It was a free course. And uh, we had, gosh, it was 700 some people registered for that class. So I hope we do the same for Genesis and that we build the class over the whole course of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. It's another great adventure in the Word of God. Be sure you're there with me. Okay, blessings to you, gang. Bye-bye now. See you on Wednesday.